Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. So, Jeremy, first hour. Uh, lots of penalties from that pit stop. We'll see. Uh, two or three cars coming back down the pit lane, but the racing out front has been superb, and you've got to take your hat off to, Don Blanc- to Tom Blomqvist, and indeed both of the Acuras, they clearly have the pace at the moment on the rest of the field with relatively temperate uh, conditions here. Uh, track temperature about 28 Celsius, 18 in the air. Good first opening stanza, isn't it, for those two Acuras? Yeah, it looks very promising for the Acura teams. Uh, Tom Blomquist is his lead now 10 seconds. It was about around about six before the round of pit stops, because that was, uh, was a, the number zero one Cadillac that was in second position. Then about three seconds back to the number 10 car, Ricky Taylor. Well, since the round of pit stops, Bourdais and that zero one car, they're slipping backwards, back to fifth place now. Uh, the gap between the two Acuras is about the same as it was before the pit stop, but there's nobody in between them now, so 10 seconds between those two. Alex Lynn next on the road in that number zero two car, the best of the Cadillacs, and he is just, well, a second or so uh, ahead of Nick Tandy in the best of the Porsches. So uh, Nick, uh, Alex Lynn, Nick Tandy, Sebastian Bourdais, Felipe Nazar in the car number seven, and number 31 Cadillac and Pippa Durrani, they're all running fairly close together and there's a long gap back to Philip Eng in the surviving BMW 41 seconds and he's losing about a second and a half a lap since the pit stops let's go down to Joe Bradley who might be able to throw some light on that BMW which has now left the hybrid recovery area and has been pushed towards its garage this is Nick Yellowley's car going back into the paddock garage. Brothers, what do you know? Well, I know as much as the team know, which is nothing at this stage. Uh, this is where they're going to find out. They, had, they were absolutely baffled as to why the car has stopped. The car has now been recovered. Uh, we see that car being pushed into the garage now. And now they go to work and fathom out why the car stopped. So at the moment, we're, we, we, we haven't got a cause of why that car is in the garage. Well, that isn't good news. Uh, also, it obviously happened quickly, and Nick was advised to go to that recovery area, that isolation area. It's marked by yellow around the walls. The drivers were briefed on that from the GTPs. Um, carbon fibre conducts electricity. Um, we haven't explained this, really, because we haven't had to in IMSA competition in the past. Uh, carbon fibre conducts electricity, so um, if the car stops, and until they are absolutely certain that the hybrid system is safe, nobody can touch the car. There are very, very strict rules on what you can and can't do. We've seen it in the WEC, of course, for some years now, um, with uh, intervention vehicles turning up uh, with marshals with rubber boots and rubber gloves so they can't be grounded. And I think it was Spa last year when Johnny Palmer and I were doing the commentary on that. We had... uh, uh, a small hatchback drove out with one of the technicians from Toyota Gazoo Racing with the uh, with the briefcase of uh, of redemption for the the car and the technician had to plug it all in make it all safe all of our 
rescue, recovery and marshals here have been given special briefings. Also all of the IMSA pit lane officials as well. And there is a colour-coded light system very visible on the GTP cars as to when the car is safe to get attention and to be touched from outside. So that's why Yellowly was sitting with the door open and nobody was going to push that car in because the car clearly wasn't quite safe. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean there was a problem with the hybrid system. It just meant they couldn't uh, get through the system menus to make that safe to be allowed to be touched. So at the front of the field now, the leader mired in traffic, sitting at the International Horseshoe behind the number 78 Lamborghini, which is doing exactly the right thing and keeping to its line. The Forte Racing powered by USRT machine. That's the Misha Goikberg, Loris Spinelli, Benja Heiss and uh, Marco Papelli car dealt with by Tom Blomqvist. Now coming down to turn six, extremely bumpy in the braking area for turn six. Number of drivers mentioned this to me. Turn six and seven, and Porsche problem. And it's the seven of Felipe Nazar coming out the international hairpin. Horseshoe, excuse me. That looks like that car is dead stick. He's He may still be on electric power. He's trying to get off the racing line, pulling to the right there. The lights are still on, white flag waving to show that there's a slow car on the track. An hour and 10 minutes in and already two GTPs with problems. My goodness me, we wondered about the reliability of these cars, but this is early. This is very early indeed. Now, was there some contact or is this a technical problem? Fraga came down the inside the AWA LMP. And my goodness, it just stopped in the middle of the corner. Just yeah. cut out. a really good driving by whoever was behind the wheel of that uh, prototype not to just drive into him all right it's reset three-fingered salute control alt delete and fraga is moving again and moving at pace heart in mouth moment for penske porsche motorsport and alex lynn back into the pit lane as well as work goes on for the 25 bmw M Hybrid V8, the side panels are coming off and investigation going on there in the paddock area. That looks like major work going in. Joe Bradley, uh, it seems two minutes ago that we had that Cadillac in. Yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm, I can't fathom that one. The O2 came in for only fuel, nothing else. A little bit of an inspection going on once they feel, of course. So I'll head down there and find out what that was all about. Because that, I was not expecting the O2 Cadillac in. That was the car that pitted for the very first, uh, very first oh, of no. the GTP runners to pit. So that's out. That's not out of shape. It's not on schedule, is it? No. Far early. Uh, did, uh, uh, did it take tyres there, Joe? From from what you saw, was no. that just fuel? No, no, no. Just just fuel. That's a trick. Yeah. That's, what, that's yeah. what the baffling well, thing is. Sitting half because he, he was only in. Uh, uh, 11 laps ago. Right, okay. Thank you very much indeed. Were they expecting a caution, maybe, uh, for that? Not sure. Hello to J John Windsor in New Zealand. Uh, watching via Sky Sport there, John Windsor. And uh, hello to all of our World Feed takers, including Sky Sport in New Zealand. Good to have you tuned in. 
IMSA Radio trackside with 24 hours of coverage coming for you. The start of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. 22 hours and 47 minutes and 26, 25, 24. Here in the States, by the way, if you're moving around and can't watch the NBC coverage, you can get our live feed on Sirius XM207. If you're not equipped with that, then pay your device to your car or get your headset on and get on to imsaradio.com, hit listen live, and RS2 is the home of IMSA Radio once again this year. All of the IMSA events covered live for you. No blocks, no breaks for the audio. Outside the US, including Canada, uh, and uh, pretty much the rest of the world, if you don't have a network TV deal, uh, like in New Zealand, uh, then you can watch and listen via IMSA.TV, our world feed, or IMSAradio.com. Just click on the hamburger on the left-hand top of the page and hit live video. You can see that there. Also, in the UK, able now to watch on Viaplay on the Sky Satellite platform. It's a new affiliate for us if you're watching on that. Maybe you're a darts fan or a Scottish football fan. Well, that's part of your package now as well. But you can still watch in the UK uh, flag to flag with no breaks via the world feed on IMSA.TV and the video stream on IMSA Radio. So plenty of ways to keep up with this season and this race at IMSA Radio. If you'd like to get in, in touch with us. Seventy-nine Porsche in second place for GTD Pro, which means that Mike Skeen has split the two. Oh, spin down at turn one, and uh, fifty-one. That is the number fifty-one prototype. Uh, who's behind the wheel of the Rick Ware racing car? That is Eric Lux. And uh, that was uh, exit of turn one, two. Managed not to hit anything, just a bit of tyre smoke there in that distinctive white, purple, and green Biohaven car. And he has recovered. That would have got his uh, attention, I think. Another 15 minutes of racing is gone. Hopefully settling into a bit of a, pa a pattern. Still that 10 seconds between the two. Acura's at the head of the field. Seven seconds back to the chasing Cadillac of Sebastian Bordier, who got uh, up to the sharp end of the field in a cracking start in those opening couple of three laps before we went yellow to start with. Then it's Tandy, another three seconds back. So respectful distances, Jeremy, between the top three or four. And those are the biggest distances we've seen. That 9.8 seconds on a single lap has been what has spread the whole nine-car field normally. Yeah, it has, certainly, yeah. But, uh, and this gap there between the two Acuras out front, uh, 10 seconds or so, that's been the same now for uh, a long time, you know, since well before that first round of pit stops. It's just that the, uh, the cars that were in between them, or the car that was in between them, or car or cars, uh, have now moved backwards. But uh, Sebastian Bourdais, having appeared to struggle a little bit on the uh, after his pit stop now seems to be picking up his pace he's maintaining the same sort of lap times as ricky taylor in the number 10 conica minolta cadillac uh, so excuse me acura so the cadillac of sebastian bourdais is running there in third place quite consistently now ahead of nick tandy in number six 
Then the number 31 car, that's certainly slipping back uh, in Pipa Durrani in fifth position relative to the other cars. Then there's a big, big gap back to the uh, BMW of Philip Eng. Uh, 38 seconds it was this last time around, 39 seconds this lap. And then uh, behind him, the car that made another pit stop, that's Alex Lynn. Uh, and then Philippe Nazar, who seems to be back up to speed again. Last time around was a 137.2. That's within a second of his fastest lap of the race. So that car certainly running in the same fashion as it was before it ground to a halt out at turn five a little while ago. Rob Chalmers having been through a lot of HV, high voltage training at work over the last year to a serious and grown-up level. I'm really glad to see provisions like the stateless life and recovery areas for the hybrid and at IMSA Radio. Oh, it's it's been taken very seriously. You'll be pleased to know, Rob. And uh, hello to Robert Bonza, who's tuned in. Cisco uh, Scaramusa, all around Europe and the world. Matt Sparks, he says, will Porsche and Cadillac be a significant advantage going into Le Mans due to running at Daytona? Well, they've got competitive miles under their belt, but all of the manufacturers uh, have been doing acres of testing. So, and there will be plenty of WEC races, of course, including the 1,000 miles of Sebring before the Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring. The, on the Friday before the Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring. So, not sure, to be honest. I think they're all in roughly the same place. 7 a.m. in Australia. Good morning to Jesse Young. We'll be joining you, she and I, coming down for the Bathurst 12 hours next weekend to make up the 60 hours of race broadcasting that we'll have had on the Radio Show Limited network of channels in sound and vision in January to the first week of February. Good-looking entry list for that as well. Steve Price joining us as well. Hello, Steve. Good to have your company at IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch with us. Uh, Nick Damon in the pit lane. Yeah, the uh, 21A, of course, uh, uh, Ferrari's come in completely out of sync and just received some fuels. I know they were playing tactical games at whatever point, but they didn't... I thought they changed drive, just came in, no obvious problems. Next door to the 21 is the Cetilar 47 car uh, pit, and they are constantly oscillating about bringing the car in or not. When it goes past us at full speed on the banking going round oh. into turn one, it's making the noise like a... You go to, as, it, as, as something is banging against the floor, I think, as it goes down. So they're probably going to need to fix it, but of course they sent it away without doing it last time. But there's a lot of... Um, an argument about when they're going to bring it in. I'm sure they're going to try and make it wait until the, uh, the schedule stop. Thanks, Nick. Uh, it appears that there was a little assistance uh, for Eric Lux's uh, turn one. There was another car involved there. However, generally speaking, no harm, no foul. As there appears to be no damage. Our Porsche keys the race. Traffic management will meet patience earlier on. Try and break up the race into manageable chunks so you can get your head round at dusk. Midnight, dawn, 
We're in Gibbous Moon tonight, by the way. Uh, waxing Gibbous Moon tonight, excuse me. 13 hours, 16 minutes of dart. BMW RLL already having to adopt the we can fix it, adapt to survive mentality. Many laptops plugged in as we've just had a spin on the exit of the International Horseshoe for the Performance Tech Motorsport. Red, white and black with a bit of yellow on it. Ooh. And uh, that car now pointing back in the right direction. John DeAngelis. And we've not yet had to worry about the low temperature tyres, the 12 sets of SLT. They're not eligible to be used till 7 o'clock tonight until 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Obviously the uh, HT tyres, the higher temperature tyres car, can be, uh, can be used any time. And we're seeing good longevity from these tyres into their second stint, and they have done qualifying as well, of course, at the front of the field at the very least. Tom Blomqvist still leads... Don't forget, we'll be looking throughout the race, making notes for our BDO Nose Strategy Award. Announce that later on. So looking out for something that can turn the race in 24 hours. Joyous thing about 24-hour races, it's a bit like reading a book that's been written as you go along and you never know where the big plot twist is coming. So, Blonkfist, imperious at the moment at the front of the field, knocking out the lap times. Perhaps a, a little bit slower than what we might have expected. 135.6 is the best lap time. We we're expecting lap times in the race around about high 35s to mid 36s. They've generally been a couple of seconds away from that in this second stint on the tyres. Yeah, they certainly haven't been as fast in the second stint as they were in the first. Uh, as you said, they, they were doing uh, uh, 35s and, and 6s through the first 10 or 12 laps, uh, and then they fell down into, into the uh, 37s, and in this stint now, uh, no one's really doing any, any better than 37. So that's uh, so certainly something to keep uh, an eye on. Uh, 1 minute 40 last time around for our race leader, Tom Blunkis, thinking a bit of trouble. Tra bit of traffic on that lap but it's still the gap from first to second between the two accuracies is around about 10 seconds but turning in third position uh, Sebastian Bourdais he's running a lot better now mm. than he was immediately after his first pit stop uh, and he's actually closing again on the Ricky Taylor Acura in second position it's uh, less than six seconds between those two now uh, it was as high as 10. Klaus Backler in the driveway Faf Porsche, still with plenty of plaid on it, you'll be pleased to know, it's a big crowd favourite. Uh, sitting in 18th class and the best of the GTD Pro Porsches. 5mm restrictor reduction for the new 992 on its predecessor. Costing that car uh, some drivability and top speed. Faf being entirely pragmatic about it earlier in the week when they found out there was going to be no further BOP adjustments. They basically did as little as they needed to to save the machinery and the spare parts for this weekend. Still very much a new car from Porsche Customer Racing. The engine taken out to 4.2, which is as big as that flat six block could go. 
It's 4-1-9-2 or 1 or something like that. But it literally cannot go out any further. A complete different philosophy for aero, etc. on that car because it's a new body shape. And the 992 versus the 991 race car having about as much in common as the 992 versus the 991.2 road car, which is nothing at all. Uh, I think possibly the only thing that is carried over are the racing wheels on that car. Uh, Nick Damon has moved down to pit in. Oh, and beyond pit in. Uh, I can see him lurking in the paddock. <laughs> you, you do a good lurk. Uh, I'm king of the lurkers, as you know. Yeah, I've come down to see what's going on with the 25 uh, BMW. And obviously what I was expecting to see was two or three computers plugged in and lots of people scratching their heads going, why isn't X talking to Y? What I'm actually seeing is a complete strip down of the rear of the car. Um, the floor has come off, the rear end's come off. This. The, the bits they're taking off, again, this, it's a new car, it's hard to tell, but the bits they're taking off look like it's in the middle of the engine, so not so not the gearbox, which is the back. So I think it might be part of the hybridisation, which is where that would live, but it's obviously a guess, but it's a much more major strip down of the car. I can see someone preparing a gearbox jack, actually. What would be used as a gearbox jack would always be used to get the hybrid power out, of course, in that position. Um, so this is a major strip down of the car. It's not just a, oh, what, what's gone wrong, control, alt, delete, what can I do? They've lost some, I think they obviously lost total drive. There's two ways you can use total drive, as we know with these cars. If the hybrid goes, you can lose drive because it doesn't have other auxiliary power. But obviously the normal way you lose drive is a clutch gearbox or gearbox failure. But they're not looking at the drive shafts, they're not touching the gearbox. It's further ahead of that between the engine uh, and the passenger cell. Cayman Island, Nick. Thank you very much indeed. Hello to Dario Franchitti. Much missed here. I do remember many years ago uh, in one of my trips here when I wasn't working, uh, sitting uh, with him and his teammates in the motorhome in the infield watching uh, the race unfold. Dean, thanks for tuning in. He's supporting Chip Ganassi Racing Teams as well. And he says, definitely a golden age for sports car racing and there is a man who knows his motorsport student of the sport dario best to you and the family mate hope you had a good christmas and new year let's go back to nick damon who's managed to find nick yellowly who was behind the wheel of that bmw number 25 when he had to bring it in to the uh, the hybrid recovery area nick uh simple question nick it was going it was going pretty well you're coming in and then you stopped what happened yeah so we were going to pit i think a lap longer than the 24 um and then a couple of alarms and I got the call to go to the HV uh, centre, unfortunately. So it seems like they, there's a potential hybrid issue. The engineering crew are now looking into it and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get things turned around sooner rather than later. And this is the sort of event that even if you lose an hour, it's still worth going out you know, it's worth going out because it's a rolling test bed then, isn't it? Yeah, that and you never know, every other car could also have issues. Oh, we go at the moment. Yeah, exactly. So everyone else is running the same kind of hybrid system, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Was it like, you know, when, when drivetrains go wrong and it's a kind of a mechanical one, you can feel things going slightly, oh, that's not quite right, my gears have crunched. With this, it just works and doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. A, a red light comes on and obviously then you're not safe to continue running, so you have to park it and then there's analysis done by the engineers. Bad luck, hopefully you get some more running later. Yeah, thank you. Can I, can I get a point there for getting that right? It was the hybrid system. Oh, very good, mate. <laughs> Nick Damon. Uh, Nick Damon, who's uh, a keen uh, a keen amateur me mechanic. He just loved tinkering with his old cars. 
and he has a penchant for old British Leyland cars. And Triumph TR4A IRS uh, will be returning newly painted in uh, light blue to Nick in the next few months for him to tinker with a bit more. So electrical issues he's good with, in fairness, of cars of that era. All joking aside. Uh, new era, but new cars. And let's not forget these cars, the, the majority of these cars have not been running even for a year yet. The Porsche was first on the track about this time last year. The other manufacturers coming in throughout 2022. Interesting. We may see a different type of endurance race here at the 61st running of the Rolex 24 Daytona. Coming down to another half an hour of racing completed in GTD Pro. It's David Pittard for Aston Martin and Heart of Racing who leads GTD Pro and the GT class from in second by about two and a half seconds. The number 32 AMG GT3 have caught off and that is a standard GTD car. In P3, Jarrett Andretti now leads in the 36 from Gar Robinson in the 74. That's the Andretti car from the Ranch 74 bright orange car. And there is ooh, just half a second between those two, so they're having a bit of a scrap. That's good. LMP2, Paul Sitter, uh, Ben Keating's out, Alex Quinn is in, and they've got 21 and a half seconds between themselves. Uh, and uh, Francois Arrault in second place. Yeah, Alex Quinn's fast, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he, he's a junior open-wheel driver for, from, uh, from the UK, is uh, Alex Quinn. Uh, he's uh, been drafted into this. He was just 22 years of age from Truro in Cornwall, so down in the uh, southwest. Uh, he, he's, he did one race meeting before in North America. He, he came across last year to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the road course event. Uh, had a one-off in the uh, Cupertaz USF 2000 Championship, which he dominated. He won all three races. Really, really impressive. Uh, then went back to Europe, and uh, this is his... Uh, you know, he's b back in North America again now for his first sports car race. I think it's his first sports car race, certainly at this level. Uh, and uh, he has been uh, very, very impressive at the wheel of that PR1 Matheson Motorsports team car. And uh, Bobby Oracle, who is the team principal there at PR1 Matheson Motorsports, he's, over the years, brought on a, a, a lot of very talented young drivers. Scott Huffick, uh, of course, was part of that team for the last several years. He's now moved across with uh, Stephen Thomas into to TDS, but um, maybe Alex Quinn is uh, the next guy for Bobby Orgel to take under his wing. Joe Bradley with a quick update of a few recent pit stops. Joe, what have you seen? Yeah, LMP2. We've had a bit of a bevy of LMP2 pit stops. Uh, the AF Corsa Orica of um, Francois Perodo came in. He hopped out and handed the car over to his teammate Julian Canal. It was a pretty straightforward pit stop. And I did notice as well that the number 11, the TDS car, that also pitted, but I'm not sure what, what, what exactly happened there. I'm pretty sure they put tyres and fuel in, but I'm, I'm uncertain as to whether they changed driver. Stephen Thomas still in that car. Uh, Joe, thank you very much indeed. Joe Bradley and Nick Damon in the pit lane. Shea Adam, our third pit lane reporter. We'll have Peter Mackay joining us uh, on the fifth floor later on. He's been uh, doing some interviews. And talking to Hurley Harewood last uh, I saw him. The entertaining. Always entertaining. 50 years since uh, mm. Hurley's famous victory, of course, for Porsche. Yeah, at the Greg. Daytona International Speedway. 50 years. 
No, I mean, all right, it's before my time, but I, I can remember it being talked about in recent memory. Goodness yeah. sake. Mind. What was your first year here, Jeremy? 1980. 1980. Mm. Yeah, I'm a bit further behind you. 35 year. Randall Joost's team won the race. They were pretty good at that, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Reinhold always said to me, I remember him saying at Patilamon when, yeah, I'd rather be lucky than good. I said, it's all right for you to say that, Reinhold, because you've, generally speaking, been both of those things. Yeah, Very good preparation from Reinhold. So, 22 hours and 27 minutes and three to one seconds to go. IMSA Radio live from Daytona International Speedway, 107.9 FM here at the track for the 61st Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. RS2 around the world via imsaradio.com. And you can have us in your car as well if you're Sirius XM equipped, channel 207. If you're moving around a bit, or maybe you're a bit bandwidth compromised outside the US. If there's no TV deal in your country, and I do know that uh, the TV deal across some of the Nordic countries continues from last year. But if there's no TV deal, then you can uh, see our World Feed TV via the live video tab on imsaradio.com or IMSA TV. Onboard cameras available on IMSA TV as well. In the UK, new for 2023, Viaplay with the, the Daytona 24 hours, but that does not stop you following along without interruption on the world feed, on the stream. Sky in New Zealand as well taking our coverage. At IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch with us. Tom Blomqvist just stretching out a little bit. It's around, been around about 9 or 10, now it's 11 seconds at the front of the field. Yeah, but Ricky, Ricky Tate... Wait a minute. Sebastian Bourdais now in second, second yeah, place. When did, when did so I Ricky didn't... Taylor has dropped down to third. Well, that Pay must have just happened. One. Well, no, I'm not sure. It, was, it certainly wasn't on the last lap. I, I must admit, I missed that. Um, yeah, odd. That's odd because I guess it might have been on lap fifty. Because I don't know. That's weird because the the, the gap between the second and third um, has been you know reasonably constant for the last few laps. So I didn't see what happened with the number ten car. Generally, I pay attention to things like that, and I missed that one entirely. Don't know. But, yeah, so Sebastian Bourdais then in second position. He's certainly uh, been running really well in this stint because he was uh, five seconds behind, or as much as eight seconds behind, Ricky Taylor in the uh, number 10 car. But the 0-1 of, of Sebastian Bourdais is now just 10 seconds behind the race leader. So he has, uh, relatively speaking, been running really well in this second stint of the day. And I would expect the leaders onto the... Uh, they should be able to do another at least uh, three or four laps, I think, before they would need to come in, having used all of their allowable energy. 
uh, which is uh, a combination of electric and uh, traditional fuel and it's capped at 920 megajoules for those of you who know such things I'm afraid I don't 138.6 the lap time for the race leader Tom Blunkis he's continuing on his merry way and again the gap between first and second just 10 seconds between him and 0-1 car I reckon it must have been about lap 50 that those, those uh, second and first place cars changed because on that lap the gap from first to second went from 11 till till 12 that's why I didn't put up a red flag for me because it wasn't that much but the gap from second to third went from nearly five seconds to two and a half so I think there must have been a problem maybe a spin of some sort on lap 50 for car number 10 Ricky Taylor also anyway, he seems to be up to speed now also a moment for Alex Lynn in the blue front it's zero two at the Western Horseshoe a moment or two ago he's rejoined Still, these drivers getting used to this brake-by-wire system on the rear axle of these GTP cars. It's the thing that is most... Yeah, so for Alex Linden, he's, he's now under pressure again from Felipe Nazar. That gap uh, was as much as 13 seconds uh, about 10 laps ago between the number zero 02 and number 7. It came down to about 4 seconds. And now, John, as you say, as a result of that uh, little incident at... Yeah. Excitement for Alex Lynn. Uh, the gap's next to nothing. Meanwhile, the, uh, the 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 remaining BMW that's running pretty nicely now. Philip Eng, he's he's the gap uh, from him to the car in front, which is Pipa Durrani, really hasn't changed at all uh, ah. through the life of this stint. So that that bodes well for the BMW team. Uh, it was another uh, run on at turn one for Ricky Taylor that cost him that position, okay. Jeremy. Um, exactly as we saw early on when he lost a place to Nick Tandy. Oh, that one, yeah. Oh, that, yeah that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. So he's done that again, and uh, thank you very much to those of you who have tweeted to say that. Quite a few of you sitting in the in the grandstands down by there. More than a smattering of people. Look, it's, I'm not going to say it's a NASCAR crowd, but if we look out particularly to our right, there's a goodly set of fans and in front of us as well referring down at the uh, braking area towards turn one you can also see them coming out on the turn two as well but uh, onto the, uh, the banking as well nick damon you have a porsche in front of you that's my first gtp pit stop and it's uh, looking like it's a full service the drivers seem to chuck well, well i think it's the numbers of the 06 porsche the, the red one uh, the 963 now they don't have full they a full service with tires Weird thing was, I saw the driver. Whether the driver actually got out or just got in and got out again, like repositioned himself. I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it was a driver change. It was Tandy that was in it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll obviously go back there and try and annoy him at some point if he is out the car. But it was a, a weird angle he got in. That's all I would say. But there it goes. It may have been another driver handing a drinks bottle over. So yeah, to do that just to confuse you. They're very generous, lovely people, aren't they? If you look away and suddenly back, you can get very confused. That car's been uh, oscillating quite significantly on the banking. Uh, Nick Tandy did get out of the pit lane, and now Nick is on his way to have a, uh, a chat with him. Real compromise here, talking to a number of the drivers over the raw weekend, last weekend and again this week, about getting the car as low to the ground as you can, but you have a lot of vertical load on the car because of the banking here. 
and it's a real compromise to get that right. You don't want the car to be bottoming too much, but you do not want to give up any of the aero effect of the underbody on these cars. I'll just wait for Nick Tandy to get his race gear off so that Nick Damon can speak to him. So is that the first of the... So now into the first of the second round of pit stops with the 0-2 Cadillac and the 6, Jeremy, coming in. Correct. That's right. And uh, a little bit earlier than I would have anticipated uh, for the uh, number 6 car, 27 laps. He did 30 on the first stint. Admittedly, uh, there were what, three laps of caution in that first stint. Um, but it, what's, what's another thing that's different for the pro top prototype class this year compared to last is that um, under yellow they're still using quite a bit of their fuel to keep the car running they're not using much electrical energy uh, so there's a bigger percentage of fuel versus electric of that total amount of energy that uh, they're allowed to consume between pit stops it's confusing i get i get it but um but it's yeah so it, it's, it's pretty much an unknown, certainly for us, <laughs> even to somewhat to some degree for the teams, as to how the yellows, the full-course cautions, can affect their energy consumption during a stint. There's a couple of people actually on Twitter, at IMSA Radio, having a debate about whether this is actually the most hybrid race cars we've ever seen in an international race. The only thing that would come close is the year when Nissan went to Le Mans with the GTR LM, um, where officially that, that would have been 11 that year, but the three Nissans didn't have a hybrid system bolted into them, of course, because it, it wasn't ready. So um, I think this ties it for sure if you know different or better, at IMSA Radio, please. We started nine here. Uh, we should get some more before the end of the season. Thomas Loudenbach was in the booth on, was it Friday or Saturday, the head of Porsche Motorsports, still targeting the end of April to get the customer cars to IMSA and WEC customers. Going to make it tight uh, for their customers they won't get them before Spa, which was supposed to be the cut-off date for Le Mans competition. So it may mean that they won't be able to go to Le Mans. I'm sure they'll get a waiver for that. They do have full-season entries for Hertz Jota Racing. And John Church, actually, running uh, the JDC car with my other car is a Porsche in on the side of that car. So Nick Damon has the 0-1 and the 1-0 coming towards him now. Get them the right way around, please. Well, the yellow one's the 0-1 and the blue and black one is the 1-0. Uh, they Ten are points. obviously having well a full service. Driver change on both of them, so Sebastian Bourdais and Ricky 
uh, Taylor getting out. Also, we now have the Wheel and Engineering Cadillac that's coming in as well. That's a 31. So these three on very, very similar strategies. We won't get Alex Lynn in the other uh, Cadillac. Of course, he did a, a slash and dash. It's Jack Aitken getting into the car. Um, Pippo Durrani getting out, I can tell you that. The other's a bit too far away, if you've noticed. Other piece of news, as the 01 came in, the Cetilar 47 Ferrari 296 just drove in and went behind the wall. They've got a lot of bodywork to fix. Away goes the 01, so bad news for the uh, very attractive blue and uh, bright blue Ferrari. There goes the 10. I think that's Felipe Albuquerque on board, just to judge by the, the helmet being the colours of Portugal. Uh, a little bit of a look at the front spitter of the 31. That was obviously where it had a little bit of an impact with the rear of Nick Tandy's um, Porsche. Uh, it is cracked, actually. The very front end of the splitter is cracked as in comes the 7 Porsche. That's a 963. That's trundling into its stop. So, so interesting, everyone's only double-sinted their drivers. I mean, those of us who are used to the uh, the, the previous hybrid era at Le Mans, we'd see five since we we see them in three hours, 40 minutes. Uh, in the cars, but this is just uh, an hour and a half. It's quite warm, and of course, on the whole, your stints are more determined by tyre life, which isn't a massive issue. Uh, new set of boots on. Now, um, I, don't, I don't think, and I'll take a massive gamble here, because I, I came to it late, I don't think the 07 changed drivers, unless it was the most lithe driver in the history of driving, getting out of it. So I think the Porsche, so the 7, sorry, not the 07, I've got all American on people, the number 7. Uh, so I think that stayed with the driver. And then there's this, this weird thing where the, uh, the fuel tank is attached to the uh, pump, but it's actually not pumping any fuel. It's just putting in virtual electric energy. It's very confusing, the new, <laughs> new refueling rules, but they're all just, uh, but for, we had an hour and a half to explain what the point behind them, but they're basically to even everything up. And uh, in a minute, John, we're going to get the 24 BMW, which is the one of only two we haven't had with Alex in this major crowd of GTP pit stops. I'm very confused by that virtual energy replenishment thing. Uh, Renger van der Zander took over the 0-1. Uh, the 10 had Louis Delatraz in that Acura. And Jack Aitken has taken over Oops. the 31. A court of car, which is leading GTD, is off at the Western Horseshoe. Uh, and that was uh, the second best of the GT cars. Mike Skeen. That's another unusual mistake for him. Now, did he jump or was he pushed is the question. Uh, he was... Oh, he's got damage to... A little bit of a little bit of a damage to the right front. We'll watch that as Nick Damon has the leader, Tom Blomqvist, yep. in the Acura number 60. And Tom is getting out of the car. Again, many hundreds of yards away, so I can't tell exactly who's getting in at this moment. They're just cramming him in. The uh, full service uh, in front of me, right in front of my eyes, is the number 24 BMW. That uh, is, had a full service. And now Gusto Farfus has got into that one, placing uh, Philip Eng. That's going away. That was a very standard stop. The, the BMW, which appears to have stopped hemorrhaging time now. The uh, leading Acura sits there, waiting to go, putting in pretend fuel or virtual fuel or imaginary electricity at the moment. And there it rolls, quite a, a gentle exit, so they certainly aren't doing the, the full whoosh we used to see from the Toyotas a couple of years ago, but they're uh, safe and sorry with these drivetrains, which of course are heavily stressed and also very new. So the number 60 Acura heads out with, I think, Colin Brown think so. behind the wheel of that car. Uh, what a great 
thing it is, Jeremy, to see Colin getting his uh, opportunity with the manufacturer team. Long overdue, but my, what loyalty uh, he has had down through the years to the guys at court. So the court of car has recovered and it was coming into the West Hairpin, West uh, Horseshoe, and he got a little bit sideways. He was sliding. I don't think he got hit, but it caused all kinds of consternation behind, including the leading LMP2 car with Matt, uh, with Alex Quinn behind it, the wheel of it, having to avoid, and the number 31 Cadillac with Jack Aiken behind it. Corvette had to go wide as well, the number three car had to take to the grass. Just looked like it was a lazy spin, uh, to be honest. That's under review, but I don't think there was any contact there. Back to Nick Damon down uh, at the GTP end of pit lane. Pit yeah, lane. just uh, correcting my previous situation, obviously Felipe Naz was incredibly lithe because he did jump out of the seven without me even noticing. And they're going to start doing mystery uh, changing of drivers. It's going to get very hard for my old eyes, I can tell you, before we end this race. Well, the left-hand front headlight, uh, the right-hand headlight rather is knocked out on the uh, 31 so maybe there was contact there or was that from the earlier incident with Nick Tandy well let's find out Nick Tandy and our Nick Nick Damon yeah it's just a, we're just a shuffling out to a bit of a it's very packed at the back of the other uh, Porsche Penske coach um, Nick uh main talking point of that is when you got tagged by, uh, I think, by Peter Durrani. When we got ploughed into at Turn 1, you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, we'll say it was tagged. No further action. Did you have I mean, you were 97% past. How do you feel it from your end? I mean, I just got driven into, you know. I'm, I'm, I, didn't blo I didn't defend into the corner. I drove my line and I turned into the corner on the brakes and just got driven into in the back. So, you know, if this is how it's going to be at the start of a 24-hour race and it's going to be an interesting interesting run but um, yeah luckily we had no damage um, got a bit of a flat spot on a tire but yeah it's an interesting start to the race of course it's tough with each each car makes its lap time even though that's you know everything's supposed to be similar but honestly the variances between the cars is is quite stark when you all run together so yeah can you expand on that? Is it, is it a case where one car's got better drive, one car's actually quicker down the straight? Yeah, exactly. And and where where you make where you make your time, and where you make your time during the stint as well. It was like when the what was it, the zero one, I think it was, when they came out of the pits. Uh, I you know I passed him. We were, we came out of pits together and we were quicker. And then towards the end of the stint, he reeled me back in and and took over. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a uh, lucky, yeah. The, the good thing is we, we didn't get in, into the wall down at turn one, but, um, and we're in the race. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy, I can tell you, but it's fun. I was about to say, it's the first, the first stint of a GTP in, in competition. It's certainly delivered. We have one car breakdown, one car do a control delete. The rest of you fighting like, well, vixens, let's who say. Who broke down? Uh, the 25 BMW. Oh, right. See, I've got no idea what's going on. Your teammate had to do a control or delete. Did you know that? I didn't know that either. No, no. That's how much we get told. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be like this. This is the thing. It's like, why, you know, you don't have to smash into people on the first five laps of a race when we all got these kind of things that we're looking, trying to look after. But um, yeah, a long way to go, Nick. <laughs>
Uh, it's pretty obvious, though, despite everything, you're really enjoying the challenge, yeah? What, you mean driving one of these cars around on a racetrack against other people that we're trying to beat? It's pretty cool. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Brilliant. Thank you, Nick. Uh, BMW penalty. Too many people working on the car for the 24 GTP. Uh, we've been able to uh, analyse that incident for the court-off car. And Johnny Palmer's been casting his eye over it uh, as well in our IMSA Radio race control area. And uh, definite contact, says JP. It's uh, not the number 31 wheel and car's headlight out as well. So you can see the contact from Jack Aikens on board. So that's been looked at at the moment. People to Ronnie, forceful as ever. And yeah, that headlamp is not working. In fact, it's, uh, it's been pushed back in through the wing and the LEDs are about to fall out as well into the pit lane for the BMW number 24. Yeah. That's not long been no, in, Jeremy. two laps ago only. Um, so That's we put Augusto Farfus in that car when it came in, didn't we? Yeah. But he's, he's on his way out that, again now. Oh, so that's his, just, no, that's his drive-through. That's his drive-through oh, for two oh, right, right, people right, working on the car. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. just mentioned yeah, that. Thank you, well Yeah. Uh, and Richard, Richard Westbrook has just taken over the zero two on that car at IMSA Radio. If you want to get in touch. I did say it early on, I wondered if this might be a slightly different sort of endurance race. New cars, new technology, but perhaps a little bit more, interestingly, of, a, of an old, let's get the cars through to a couple or three hours before the race. So just one lap led then for the number zero two car of... Um it was Alex Lynn who, who took over the lead for one lap. That's the first lead change in this race, but he's just now made his third pit stop of the day in car number zero two. Uh, and Alex has handed over that car over to Richard Westbrook. So that car running on a, well, it was, uh, it's gonna be interesting to watch that because it, its first stop was on lap 29. Its second stop was on lap 40. So only 11 laps on that stint and only 24 on this end, I wasn't expecting to see that car on the pit lane for quite a while yet. So that's something I think we should keep an eye on. The, the Most of the leading cars did 30 or 31 laps. The 0-1 car did 30 laps on each of its stint. And the, the second one was about, about 51 minutes. We're, we're expecting somewhere between 48 and 52 minutes for the uh, GTP cars on a stint before they've used up all their allowable energy. Uh, and that's a good bit longer than it was last year. Last year's stints were about, about 40 minutes or thereabouts. So they're going longer between stints now. Uh, but uh, certainly the number zero two car, we don't have a field yet for what is going on there. Why that only came in after, after just 24. One thing I would that's say about uh, what, we've, what we've seen here, that, that echoes what we saw at the Raw and again in the early sessions here. And I accept people obviously are joining us for the first time maybe uh, for the race coverage here is that these GTP cars don't break and turn like the DPIs did they are what a good hundred kilos heavier yep. they've got this brake by wire system uh, that uh, works uh, ostensibly on the back wheels uh, working with the hybrid they are only two-wheel drive cars so the hybrid only works on the back axle the same as the internal combustion engine and it does seem that we're seeing more 
mistakes, and I use the words mistakes in inverted commas, errors, whatever you want to do, but more issues, let's, let's say it, under-breaking than we have been used to recently in the recent past from pro drivers as the 23 Heart of Racing peels off into the pit lane from the GTD field. Uh, that Aston Martin uh, coming down for service. Still Colin Brown leading the motor race, three seconds ahead of Renga van der Zander as we come through to another hour's worth of racing completed. And before we do our VP racing update, let's go to Nick Damon down in the pit lane with, I think Alex Lynn is what you said, uh, Tim yep. and Nick, didn't you? Sorry. From the O2 Cadillac, Alex. Alex, it's, uh, it's very, very frenetic out there. Now, you've made an extra stop. Uh, why was that? Uh, we tried to catch a yellow. I think there was a Porsche that was stopped on track and we were near Pier Road. So we tried to, to catch an early yellow. It didn't, it didn't work out. Uh, so anyway, we're just having to play around with strategy at this early point and uh, getting a feel for uh, what we can and can't do. And I mean, how, it's a great word, what you can and can't do. What have you discovered in this first hour you didn't know about the car? Um, not a crazy amount. I mean, that was the first time we did nearly 70 laps on a set of tires. So that's a lot of a lot of laps on a, on a set of tires around here. So, yeah, we're just really, again, finding out what this car can and cannot do at this moment. When you came in for that uh, attempt to, to, to cheat a yellow, effectively, you took some fuel on, but then you kind of got yourself back on the strategy of everyone else. You didn't, didn't go the full distance. Why was that? Uh, to be fair, we're just trying to play around with, with strategy right now. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. I, 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 Joe Bradley is further up the pit lane. I'll have a comment on that in a moment. Uh, Joe Bradley with some LMP3 updates. Yeah, just a, a quick update on LMP3. Pretty much everybody in LMP3 class has pitted now, the last one being just in there, the AWA uh, Dakin. Uh, Matt Bells took over the 13 car. Um, it, the 42 Lamborghini, the NTE Sport Lamborghini, uh, caused some consternation. Kerong Lee, who, by the way, uh, creates history here at Daytona, one of the first, very first Chinese driver, as far as we're aware, to race here at Daytona in the 24 hours. Uh, but that car caused better consternation to the team. Couldn't quite get into his box and was so far away, they couldn't get the fuel holes to it. So they've lost a bit of time there, more time lost for that 42 NTE Sport Lamborghini. Let's take a look at the standings then with two hours completed. We'll start off in GTD Pro. We've just had some pit stops, but the 23 Aston Martin Heart Racing car came in from the lead. David Pittard staying behind the wheel there as he goes out. GTD Pro, Lexus number 14, Jack Hawks within second from in third. Another GTD Pro, that is Jordan Taylor. In the standard GTD category, John Potter has just pitted the Magnus Aston Martin from the lead. Frankie Monte Calvo's taking over the... Uh, green number panel number 12 lexus and then it's the accurate number 93 of ashton harrison for races edge in third position in lmp3 it's gar robinson just coming into the pit on the pit stop cycle now and timon van der helm has taken over the duquesne number 85 and he's just pitted, uh, or just come out of the pits in that JDC Miller Motorsport car that he took over from uh, Till Bechtelsheimer, who started that car. He will come out in a net third position. Jarrett Andretti, who was leading before this pit stop cycle, will go back to the lead in the number 36. Jarrett Andretti staying in that car in the last pit stop. In LMP2, it is the 
Pierre Matheson's Motorsports, the wins car. That leads with Alex Quinn behind the wheel. He's been very quick since he took over from starting driver Ben Keating. Julian Canal for the number 88 off AF Corsa, a team in second place. It's the car that was started by Francois Perodo. And in third, the 044 now is the Matt McMurray driven CrowdStrike racing by APR. Ben Hanley. Uh, Esteban Gutierrez and George Kurtz who, start, who are also in that car and at the top of the field the number 60 Acura has still not been headed for 69 coming around to finish 70 laps it's, it's Colin Brown, oh sorry one lap I'm told Jeremy has been keeping an eye on that so it's lads 68 of 69 laps then we'll, f we'll fix that when we do the post-production uh, Colin Brown now behind the wheel of that number 60 car, 4.3 seconds to the good. Renga von der Zander in the 0-1 Cadillac, that's the car with the yellow front and the uh, the full season IMSA car. Porsche 963 and 63 of Batu Jamine in the number six car, he's taking that up from Nick Tandy now in third. And they are separated by about 17 seconds. Another spinner out on the circuit and once again, it's at the far end of the track from us. Performance Tech Motorsport, number Oops. 38, Again, LMP2. Huh? That's John not the first DeAndres. time we've seen that facing the wrong direction. John DeAndres, another spin for the uh, Florida driver, making his debut in the IMSA Web Tech Sports Car Championship this weekend. So that is your update with two hours gone, just over. 21 hours and 58 minutes to go. Colin Brown leads for MSR Acura. 70 laps completed in that number 60 are in race update at the 61st running of the rolex 24 hours of daytona with vp racing fuels the official coolant of imsa that's stay frosty whether you are towing tracking or just driving your car there's a stay frosty for you check it out on the website